There's Blake to Roy. This is for the Welcome into the Backyard Banter Podcast. I am your host, Connor Scott, joined this week, as I am each week, by your co-host. It's Tyler Bagenstoss to my left, Kyle George to my right, and behind the computer monitor running our ones and twos, as he does each week, it's Pods Tom, Tom Gilkey. We're also very excited this week because we do have a special guest for you, the assistant coach of Peninsula College University. College. College. It's like Linfield. Okay. Hey. <laughs> they just switched to university, actually. Oh, did they, they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This summer, actually. Linfield University put some respect on the name. But no, tonight we're putting respect on Peninsula College's name with their assistant basketball coach of their men's team, Matt Mayberg. A very proud Gonzaga alumni. I know Kyle's going to love talking to him. They have a lot of history, as do the rest of us, with Mr. Mayberg himself. He's also got some hot takes about your Portland Trailblazers, so you're going to want to stick around to hear what he says. Also going to get a chance to gossip with Tana Bagginstoss. Thank you, Tana. I'm pointing right to the cameras right now because I finally have someone to gossip about Love Island with. So expect her on your Love Island update this week. You can also find us social media-wise at underscore Backyard Banter on both Twitter and Instagram. Reach out to us with any topics you want dissected on the podcast. Or if you'd like to join as a guest, I mean, that's what Mayberg, that's what Tana did, and they're both on this week. I mean, reach out to us. Reach out. Underscore Backyard Banter. All right, fellas, I'm sorry. I've kept you quiet long enough. The intro's over. And I've got a question for you because I was strolling on my way over here in my dad's luxurious 2007 Toyota Prius. It's a nice one. Red Rocket. The Red Rocket. We've been switching cars for the past uh, month or so. I hate to admit that, but the Prius is a little easier to drive downtown. Plus, they're they're doing some housework, so he needs the bed of the manly Toyota Tacoma with the tiny tires. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, the tiny truck as it's known throughout our friend group. And on the way over, you know, needed gas, running low for the one time a month the Prius runs low. And I stopped at my favorite gas station. That's shell and it brought to my attention you know i have a tendency to always stop at shell no questions asked that's where i go that's who i want fill in my tank so i want to extend it to you all do you have a favorite because i extended this question you know as i would to my girlfriend tessa and she was mentioning it's not only her but her family always airs on the side of chevron and her dad actually has a theory that filling your gas consistently with the same company's gas allows the engine life to expand extend longer conspiracy maybe maybe i think it's more of a scientific theory though and he's a smart dude so if anyone would know you know it's and especially being a dad he would know right i mean so i want to extend that question to you kyle gonna start with you where do you go when you're filling up your gas is it is there any truth behind this theory 
I definitely think there's truth behind this theory, yeah. and I don't, and I don't mean to copy you or anything, but Shell is the gas station that's been at the bottom it's of the right Bull one. Mountain. Yep. All of our lives, I'm a loyal Shell guy. Uh-huh. It is weird. There's something in my brain, and Connor, I think it's basically the same thing you're saying. But whenever I see a row of gas stations, if there's a Shell, I'm going to that. No, no doubt. matter what the other ones are, even if the price, like this is bad. Even if the price is cheaper than the other ones, I still no, find myself that's not going. Bad. Is that that's not that's bad? Not bad okay, I thought you were gonna give me shit for that. But Loyalty. no, I literally use I always go to a shelf it's there. Sometimes I go to a Chevron if there's not one available, but Shell is I'm loyal. I'm loyal to the soil, baby. Totally. Let's go. Loyal I think this soil. is uh, one of the things that we're all gonna agree on, fellas. So oh my shit! God, that's ring the bell first time. I'm, I'm a Sherwood <laughs> Shell. Guy. Um, oh, shit. I've also Okay, so you fucked up there. No, no, yeah. no. I've actually developed a very good relationship with my gas attendant. Uh, my dad is a frequent gas station stopper. Just having the farm around, we're always going there. We're for all a lot of frequent and, gas but, station stoppers. But he goes more than the average person. Every day, you got to get your chew and you know and your water. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, so um, he's in the quick wait, stop. Wait, where Connor? Were you around when or living on Bull Mountain when that shell that we all know and go to was a Texaco? Yeah. I was. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah I absolutely. The glory was. days. <laughs> How come there are no Texacos anymore? Anyone uh, notice that? Because it's Texaco and it just makes you think of cheap. Like, okay, I mean, that's when true. you see I mean, a Texaco, you think run down. <laughs> uh, gas stations are like. It's like Candyland. You know, you go in there, you just have the, all the options that you could ever want. So many choices. So many choices. By the way, I'm keeping it. marks out to all you gas station executives that listen in. I'm keeping <laughs> marks of who holds combos in their quick stops and who doesn't. Yeah, there's a number of you who don't. Get with the fucking program. <laughs> Dom, where are you stopping when you need gas? I know you're... To, to peel back the curtain a tiny bit, Kyle, Tyler, and I all grew up on the same hill, basically. I mean, Tyler has some farmland behind us, but really it's kind of the same hill, Bull Mountain and Tiger. And that shell at the bottom of the bottom of the hill is honestly the most accessible gas station we had. So we have a little bias, but you're from Tualatin, right by our high school over there. Where are you stopping when you need to fill up? Do you do you even have a preference? I do, and I'm going to break the mold a little bit. You guys gave Chevron a shout-out, which is not a bad one. If I'm in Tualatin, I would say that's my stop. But uh, Fred Meyer Gas. Oh, oh fuck you. Yeah. Dude, it goes to the grocery store. No, you use your uh, rewards points. Yep. I got like 60 cents off a gallon, which yeah. is kind of insane when you're thinking about gas. That's over. I mean... I'm not doing math, but it's a lot. Um, <laughs> and at sometimes that can be like a quarter of the price. I and you like, said oh. there's, I'll say there's places you don't go. Uh, Arco. Arco. Known yeah, for shitty no gas. No going to Arco. The wor- that being they said- are part of a class action lawsuit, and oh, I shit. recently got a $100 check because they, <laughs> no were, they were skimming uh, like fractions of a cent each time you're going to gas. They were just rounding it up. So, Okay, that brings uh, that up, could in- add up a lot. $100 richer. That brings up an interesting, interesting question. If it's like an AM, PM, and they have gas outside, are you stopping and filling up at the same time you're getting the snacks? Because on a road trip, as we talked about yeah. last episode, you know, options are few. If you're on a road trip, that wherever Anything you're stopping, goes. it has yeah. to have some sort of you know yeah. area with oh, food and stuff. Dude, if it doesn't, I, I then argue I'm not that's going. not even <laughs> just a road trip. I argue that's anytime any I fill time? up because no, I might not always go in. But I always need the option. Yeah, I always fair. need the option. That's fair. That's fair. All right. This weekend, obviously, had a lot of sports. But there's one game specifically that at underscore backyard banter on both Twitter and Instagram was locked into. That would be the Atlanta Falcons versus the Dallas Cowboys. You can hear Tyler clapping over to my left. So I've got to start with him. A diehard Dallas fan, despite the misery that has been his whole lifetime. I hate my life. Supporting the group. How'd you feel this week? I know I, you and Kyle watched together, no? Yeah, oh yeah. How right was the experience? Weekend. It was, I think we were What both, a game. What a game. For, yeah, stunned into silence, honestly. 
first half, I was texting the boys, um, aka the group message, that the Cowboys were the worst team in the NFL. Second half, uh, I was texting the boys, we're winning the Super Bowl. So um, it was quite a swing in <laughs> emotions, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't even muster up the energy to give Kyle shit because it was just such an un. It was a ridiculous game. They should have had because he shouldn't have won the game. Kyle. Five turnovers, like a couple of. Weird fake punt calls where it was like I don't think it was five, five turnovers. Don't over exaggerate. It was four or five. I'm pretty sure it was three. Uh, but <laughs> okay, doesn't matter. That that was obviously really shitty for me. Tyler and I had a round of golf on the game. That was our bet. Oh, and that's a great bet. Yeah, it was a good bet. And I was just I'm not gonna lie, boys. I, I did pull up a couple courses in the second half. Oh, <laughs> I did do golf that. Now was live. Um, Free ad. And obviously it backfired. And obviously, like we have to talk about the onside kick being that it was like the talk of the town what for the, the last couple days. Boys, I'm gonna be honest. Land on the ball. the hands team. I'm gonna Don't be honest, the boys. Rules. I look. I I rewatched that play so many times now. I. Put myself in the player's situation. If you watch that ball and how it was spinning, and if you haven't seen it, everyone, it was basically just like gliding on the turf, spinning in a three, like 360. So it wasn't bouncing at all. And it was at like six yards, and it was looking like it was going to stop. It was just spinning sideways. Absolutely. And then it just like all of a sudden moved three yards very quickly out of nowhere. And I'm, I put myself on the hand seam there. Thinking that if I touch the ball before 10 yards, I've, I'm all of a sudden the biggest idiot in the world. Right. And the Cowboys recover, and it's my fault. Everyone's going to talk shit on me. That ball looked like it was going to stop. So I have I no longer am upset about the onside kick. I'm more upset that we shouldn't have been in that situation in the first place. And if we could just fucking manage a game, this goes all the way back to the Super Bowl, learn how to fucking run the ball effectively, and we, and we win that game easily. So well, onside I, kick, it sucked. but I mean, the onside kick, my thing is... Why not even try to land on it within 10 yards? Because, A, if the Cowboys player restricts you, it's a flag. And then, B, they can't even touch the ball. You might, I, And it, it was an incredibly tough play. Don't get me wrong. But looking back, like, you have to jump so, on but it. Wait, wait, no. But, no I, but, oh, go, go, I was Kyle. just going to say, but go. if you're going to say that. So it wasn't like they were running forward at the ball right away. It was stopped at, like, six yards. So at that point, it's like, am I going to jump on this ball that looks like it's essentially stopped just to make sure we win the game? Or am I going to just not touch it because it's not going to move anymore and we win the game if I just don't do that? But what happens when it's starting to move forward towards the 10-yard line? But that's what I'm saying, though. If you watch the replay, Con, I see what you're doing there. If you watch the <laughs> replay, though, it, like, kind of stopped at, like, six, seven yards and then did, like, a little loop to the left and just... Went it went three yards really quickly, kind of out of nowhere. I, I'm telling you, if you rewatch it in slow mo, it kind of changes your opinion. About so, it. but I hear your point. I, I think you have to attack it if it stays in bounds. Is my well, only because those ones that don't go ten yards, most of the time you see them going out of bounds before. Well, the 10 so yards. that's uh, pods, Tom, I'm or jump or so, someone jumping on it because so. you are by far our most experienced football yeah, player. And that's true. Uh, no offense, I'm going to call you out a little bit. That's only through high school, so none of us really went on to the Pussy. big time in this sport. Of, well, hey, Tyler, you called out in eighth grade like the rest of us so why don't we all give ourselves a, no i'm messing uh, but tom you would have the most football background education probably out of all of us i'm curious was it the falcons players not being prepared or maybe thinking is there a general rule that if that ball is not gonna go 10 yards and trending towards out of bounds you let it be so that no one puts it in live play to kyle's point the second you dive on it on six yards and miss you're the idiot you're the because that's idiot. a live ball <laughs> So I, I'm curious if you have any background as our kind of general football expert. It's been a while, but if I remember right, this guy wasn't on the hands team. Craig, I was on the hands team. I was oh, a shit. special teams all star. Ask playing. about those uh, hatchets. <laughs> you, you know what's cradle. up. 
Got a spoon, dude. Um, no, but uh, Craig Haston was a pretty old school guy, and his mentality was definitely attack the ball if okay. it stays in bounds and it's coming towards you. Okay, fair. Okay, I've fair. heard find the good hop. Uh, all that one, stuff. One point that I did hear from somebody that I thought was interesting to hear is in the NFL, usually the guys that are in the front row are actually the guys that are just meant to block people. So yeah. since it was coming so slow at them, maybe they just like kind of panicked. I don't oh, know. Tom, so I see why you're on the hands. Do, do we just need to start giving more credit to the Cowboys? <laughs> Is that what? Should we just give more credit to the Cowboys? No, no. they deserve no they, credit. They <laughs> deserve <laughs> I mean, dude, I don't know if you've been paying attention to sports talk, but pretty much every single person's in we agreement that the Cowboys talk. looked terrible that no game. Shit. Yeah. So no shit! No shit! There's not no be good. way in hell they should have won that game, but they did. We're cutting this one off. <laughs> yeah, there. cut it off. Uh, speaking about it. of sports, though, and the craziest sports moments we've been in person for, especially, yeah. and. You know, on that topic, speaking of Atlanta sports, sorry, Kyle, uh, <laughs> right. Tyler had the question earlier, you know, this week, what's the craziest sports moment you were in person for? I want to start with Tom, if possible. Tom, if you need a little time to think, I'm happy to go first, but otherwise. I'm going to defer one. Okay. You're going to defer one. That's your only defer. You get the second half. Okay. That's all you get. Uh, so be ready for Tom's like topic. Oh, you know exactly. it. Yeah. Exactly. I'll go ahead and start us off. I'm going to cop myself out. I'm going to cop myself out. Instead of the favorite craziest sports moment I was in person for, because I'd say that's probably the four-overtime game against Denver and the Western Conference semis for the Portland Trailblazers last season, 2019 season. Um, That was a good one. Game four, I believe, Rodney Hood with the big nuts of Rodney. I'm going to go ahead and change this question just for myself to the first sports moment I can remember because this one was crazy to me and also very special in that – I can remember I was, I think, 2001 for sure, so I was six years old, five or six. Yeah, born in 95 for all you doing the math out there. (laughs) New York Yankees, Arizona Diamondbacks, and we've got Luis Gonzalez up to the plate with the bases loaded. My dad and I watching the game upstairs in the bonus room, and it is for some reason the first memory that is stuck in my head sports-wise, even before my soccer games, you know, because all that stuff. And Luis Gonzalez... Off the handle, fists the ball up the middle, does a two-handed Sammy Sosa home run, you know, hands-in-the-air style jump. The Arizona Diamondbacks led by Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling. Don't know if we can say that name on air anymore. Oh, Kurt Schilling. Oh, did he do something bad? Yeah, we don't like Kurt Schilling. Oh, okay. No one likes Kurt Schilling. <laughs> uh, but Randy Johnson, the big unit, absolutely leading them. That is the memory I'm going to go with because for some reason it sticks out. Not only the first memory I've seen in person, but that's my first sports memory that I can remember registering, and I'll never forget. To be okay. honest, so right. who wants who wants to go next? I'll just I'll just take volunteers I'll go and on then this. I'll let Kyle tell the story. Oh. Um, yeah, I guess So I I believe this was 2018 2019 Blazer season, uh, regular season game against the Lakers. Damian Lillard fourth quarter with the homies up in the 300 level section, rooting, rooting like the boys, uh, a little intoxicated. No. Um, a little bit, but Dame Lillard step back over Brandon Ingram. Just a filthy game-winning that. step yeah. back three. We'd go nuts, like beer everywhere. 300s. It was awesome. Electric. That's one of my favorites, Kyle. Do you, do you want to tell a good story? Tom, or? you want to go? I, I'll, uh, like to say I know Kyle you're itching, Kyle, but I'll make you wait a little bit longer. Uh, when the Blazers played the Rockets, did that go to game seven? Six. When, six. Six was when Dame six. hit the shot. So I was at three and four were the ones where he. I I was at I believe it was five that went. It was either single Why overtime or double there? overtime. It was what, four, game four. four. I was there as yeah. well. That yeah, was yeah. that electric. one was. Mo yeah, Williams, I mean Troy Daniels. I don't think I've ever been in such an electric stadium before. I mean from halfway Portland through. Shows out. 
Halfway Portland through the fourth the quarter to double overtime, I don't think I sat down once and just uh, seeing Wesley Matthews. Was it Wesley Matthews that had that steal game at the end of the steal. game? Yeah. Iron Man, Oh, baby. my goodness. I miss him, but I miss him. That, that is a super good choice, by the way, because that is like one that only Blazer fans will really be able to relate to, but that was an electric I, game. And I was lucky enough to say it was at that one, too. And, Tom, you've got me absolutely amped because – if you didn't know, most of you listening to this, if not all, are from Oregon, Portland, whatever. Portland sports, the fans show the fuck out. Electric, the Timbers never, and the Blazers, absolutely electric crowds. Sorry, the MLS champion Portland Timbers yep. and the soon-to-be NBA champion 2021 Portland Trail Blazers, absolutely electric crowds. Kyle, give us an example of a crowd that let their team down. Oh, God. <laughs> I, the crowd did not let the team down, Connor. Let me correct you there. The crowd did nothing wrong. The crowd did everything right. The crowd did everything, the crowd did everything fucking right. Um, obviously, those who know me well know that I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan. And sticking with the subject being that we already talked about the game this past weekend and blowing leads. Uh, I was in person for the... 2017 Super Bowl 51 uh, Atlanta Falcons New England Patriots game the notorious comeback the 28 to 3 yeah um, I mean I can I'll just tell you that I was on cloud nine probably the, probably the happiest I've ever been in my life and then was you were know, you stunned in this like complete dude I, I so I just remember so first of all let me start with overtime so I, I, when the Edelman catch happened I knew we were going to overtime because yep. you know that they were going to go down uh-huh. and score so I was like okay I got myself mentally prepared for overtime I'm like it's going to come down to a fucking coin flip because the NFL doesn't know how to make correct rules yep. they just love to make it so the first team gets the Falcons ball scores. don't know how to run the ball well that too we can we <laughs> clock can, management that's the thing we could talk about it's a stupid rule we could talk about how the Atlanta Falcons played for hours I don't want to get into that for no, time's you're right. sake I want to blame um, other people about it the Falcons messed up too don't get me wrong <laughs> Matt Ryan took a really bad sack. Obviously, that led to the meltdown. But the bottom line is I knew it came down to the coin flip. So, that, like, when they were on, like, the 10-yard line about to score to take it overtime, I'm just like, I'm like, pick the, pick the right. <laughs> yeah. tail, pick it. And, of course, it landed heads, and the Patriots oh. got the ball. And as soon as that happened, I, I knew we weren't going to win the game. They I was had like, so much momentum. I'm like, there's no way Tom Brady loses this. After that huge comeback, I'm like, it's it's over. Okay. And then obviously it happened, and I, I did shed some tears, I'll be honest. Was, was it was it mesmerizing to watch Tom Brady just go down the field time after time after time? I wouldn't say that, no. I would say it was more just like... Basically, t- picture yourself getting stabbed in the heart with a knife, <laughs> but then bleeding out for two quarters. Okay, here's a question for you, though. <laughs> was it better yeah. to be there? <laughs> I-, I know the obvious answer, or the answer seems obvious, but was it better to be there in person, surrounded by family and mostly strangers, or would it have been better to be at home at a Super Bowl party around all of us who would no. have just... Oh, it was better to be there. I yeah. think so too. Away, I, I, away I, from I, us. One one distinct memory. One distinct memory I do there. have that, that would was have been a vibe that's room. pretty hilarious. Was and at least you have your family. As soon as so obviously TV is like a, it's like a five second delay from live. So I, I just do I do remember like obviously us losing and me like sitting with my head down and then I just felt <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just all my friends texting the me because they all knew place. I was there and it was just like they piled it on hard too and I was like. Not in the mood for it. Obviously, I think I turned my phone off, to be honest, on the way home. That's a good move. That's a better move. And speaking of harsh groups of friends, they don't only pop up during live sporting events, but virtual ones as well. And that brings us to our next question, which is, 
you know, Tyler, I think, again, yeah. you or Kyle, I forget, was brainstorming this. I, I'm going to give the credit to Ty right Thank off you. the bat. Yeah. But uh, what was... What the fuck, man? Well, you, you, to be fair to all the listeners, got an interview coming up with Matt Mayberg. Assistant coach of the Peninsula College Pirates, I believe. Pirates. That's right. Yep. Yes, thank you. I have seen them play. Um, and Kyle came up with most of those questions. But, Tyler, yes. this was one of yours, and I thought it was a good one. Yep. First gaming system. Obviously, talking video games here. You know you boys are getting on Twitch soon. We're working yes. on it. Yeah, we're, we're working, working on, on it. We're working on uh, it. That you got into, or first gaming system, or what got you into gaming. Yeah. And because it's your question, I want to start with you, okay. Ty. I think the first one that I ever owned personally that got me into gaming was the the cube. What was it? The GameCube. Oh, GameCube. Game How Game dare Cube. you say the cube the and not know? I mean, like, the, the disrespect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, it I really made a lasting yeah. impression yeah. on it. It is. Disrespect. I know. Dude, that's one of the goats of the game. It is major goat. I think I had, like, Super that's right up there with Mario Xbox Baseball, like, Super Smash Bros. You didn't know the it was the cube. I remember it. my mom. I got into the Don't blockbuster, the, cube. the blockbuster Hollywood combo and Tiger. Do you guys remember that store? Oh, Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. I went in there, got myself a cube, got myself a couple games. I hate and to expose that you, was Ty. that was the first time Ty, I, hate I, to expose I had. Uh, I, fell in I think I know what you're going to do. Ty, I hate to expose you. What the Hollywood and Blockbuster would never be combined into one store. It was a Hollywood and a Game Crazy combined crazy. into one store where we would all go and either rent a game and then go back and buy it from Game wait, Crazy. What you, wait, I knew you were going to expose The Blockbuster is by the Albertsons. If you guys are familiar with 99W and Tiger, you would know this is just ludicrous. We'll move on. No, no I don't. Let no, me think no, I we are not. Move, we're, that's we're, how I know you're Sherwood Blood. That's like saying Sherwood McDonald's is Burger King. Sherwood Blood, dude. How is it not a Hollywood and Blockbuster? Because they're two different Because companies. it's two movie places. <laughs> Why would they share the building? Why would two competitors share the building? Okay. Have you been to the Pizza Hut Domino's you on 99? The it's the same you store. The you never been to the Pizza Hut Domino's? It's the best store, dude. <laughs> right. Exactly. I admit that I am wrong. The Carl's McDonald's, of course. Yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say, Tom? Well, oh, no. I, I anyway. Saying, yeah. Tom, what was your first system or got, what got you into gaming after Tyler's hilarious blockbuster Hollywood take? Um... Where he got his GameCube quotes. Oh, no, sorry. Where he's got his The Cube. It would have been at Game For, Crazy, Tyler, dude, please. you were a fucking game, no game console crazy? guy. Crazy. It would have been Game Crazy. No, had... He called it The Cube. I know, but I'm just saying he, w- he would he have bought The Cube at the Game Crazy. Not, Hollywood Video doesn't sell GameCubes. God. I'm aware. What a freaking idiot. Tom, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to go with the classic Nintendo 64. Oh, yeah. The clear green. First game with it was, uh, I think it came with Tony Hawk, hence my obsession. Yep. Wow. And hey, by the way, I've been Connor's practicing this. I've got I, my combos are get creeping near eighty thousand. You're in trouble. <laughs> You're in fucking trouble when I'll it give comes you, to Tony Hawk. I'll give you a year and you will not. No, get no, play me now. Okay, I'll bring it to Ben. Okay, hey, let's Tom do it. and I are going to Ben this weekend, and I'm bringing the we PS4. Updates. We'll have we updates up. next week on the. We'll pod. let you guys know, but uh, I am. <laughs> I, I was that it. kid. Have you ever seen those ads of Nintendo sixty four on Christmas time and the kids like? Freaking out, screaming, running around the house. That, that was me with the. Weird. I didn't even ask for the Nintendo, and I opened it, and that's what we got. And <laughs> your parents are legends. I don't want to. No, I don't want to call them out though, because they had to get my cousin to come over to help set it up. But it's literally a red, white, and yellow cord. So like, I don't know <laughs> what the no. what the miss was. <laughs> I'm giving them credit though, because my first system was also. I I believe it was the the Xbox. The original? Yeah, you had the original you, Xbox. Okay, you yeah, remember. You okay, so it was... Uh, my parents surprised me, too, because I wanted something in the game console range, but I didn't think I was getting it. At Red Robin. 
They bring the box. I got to open that with fucking endless steak fries and French oh, fry campfire oh, sauce. That's, that's like a, a little kid's move. dream. Dude, right? Oh, man. Move. It's all, I, I mean, obviously, I haven't forgot. Whiskey obviously, River barbecue burger or whatever. So in a, well, I was in fifth clock, grade, yeah. so I was going with the cluckers. <laughs> Cluts, but, yeah, Cluts, yeah. The cluckers, dude. You know the clucks. God, what was your first system PS2? Um, it actually was. Wait, wait. I have to mention. Yeah. I had a Dreamcast way before that. You did. I just didn't really count it because I was the first one to have it, and it almost felt like an Atari at the time. But looking yeah, back, whatever one got Dreamcast, you into games. FUX. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. I, I had an N64, but I will say that the PlayStation 2 definitely got me into gaming. So I'll say yeah. the PlayStation 2. I remember Battlefront like 2. You were the only yeah. one with it. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was, was first. He was first. So many, so many just like iconic games from the PS2. Just, there was a yeah. lot of good ones. Dude, I mean, you had all the sports games, obviously, but Battlefront, was, Battlefront was a legendary was awesome. game. You had some of like the early Call of Duty I games. Feel like, was that uh, the James Bond grouping? You could play James Bond, but that was also N64. That was so. N64. Outside um, of Tom's old ass, I feel like PS2 was kind of the most like oh, recent yep. at the time that we all got our first one and considering Kyle Tyler and I am <laughs> Tom um, but old ass but <laughs> I do feel like the Xbox 360 was the first like like how yeah. the PS5 or Xbox new series whatever that's called is I now the yeah. Xbox 360 was the first to break the mold yeah. I when think. you had, agree when you had live, when did Xbox Live and Call of Duty 4 just smack you in the face of the 360 well that just, and that's mm-hmm. what we also, just put a goat on it right now it's a goat it's the goat <laughs> Xbox yeah. 360 is yes. a goat I'm yes. good with the, uh, let's vote yeah. it yeah I mean yes no, I, it's I, unanimous. Yeah. I Tom I, Tom I, obviously Tom's a fucking N64 guy hiding embarrassing <laughs> all right um we'll be back in a quick second not going to take a break but we do have to call tyler's sister yeah, tana baggenstoss for our love island update i know kyle tyler and tom are excited to spill all about the villa so hang on tight and we'll be on with tana here shortly so up next possibly my favorite part of the episode the love island update and as a special special treat for this week and hopefully most of the weeks going forward joining us live right now over the phone at her graduate program in i believe colorado state correct a uh, university of northern colorado damn it i was so close i was so close i will have that nailed down i will have that nailed down <laughs> university of northern colorado it's tana baggenstoss tana first of all i know you just started school how's that going how's the adjustment it's good. I'm five weeks in, and it's it's something. How's Northern Colorado? Different than Oregon? Same as Oregon? Different than Oregon State? Like, I mean, let me know. Let me know. Quick uh, brief review through five weeks. Corva- Corva- I miss Corvallis. Oregon State rocks. So I miss that for sure. Yeah. Um, it's similar to Oregon. Places around where I live are beautiful. Where I live, not the best, but okay. I'm liking it. Okay. Okay. We can relate to that a little bit. I mean, I'd like to say where we live is pretty beautiful, but at Uh the same time, when you really travel outwards of the city limits, you get a little extra from Oregon too. So I I can understand at Colorado. Um, But let's, let's shift our focus to what's really important. And that's Love Island. Obviously we called you for a reason. You and I, we've kept up on the latest drama in the villa. Of course, this week, (laughs) Two new girls join? Are you kidding me? Just last night, two new girls join, and during the strip tease challenge, nonetheless, Tana, give me your immediate thoughts to Julia and uh, Kate. Can you help me with that name? Kate, um, Kate Lake, Lakeland, Lake, Lakeland, Lakin. It's Lakin. Oh my god! I know. Well, Let's talk about the name to start. I mean, oy vey, you belong on Love Island. <laughs> um. You just immediately knew the boys' heart rates were going to raise the highest for them because they're new girls. The producers are genius. Like, they're just straight up playing mind fucks with the other girls in the villa. So that was a given. 
I thought uh, they haven't done much for me. I I thought so too. I thought this was a a peer producer episode, Kyle and Tyler, to fill you guys in because Tyler, pick up your microphone. You yeah, always. I'm I'm confused because well, I'm, I'm not confused. I'm more just like. I don't understand. Like the only news I feel like that comes from this is, oh, they brought more people in. Like, oh, like that's exactly right, Kyle. Because <laughs> each week, new contestants are introduced to the villa to really test those prior so, relationships that do have been people, established. I know people get voted or not voted. I don't know really. I know people leave, but is it like the same amount of people every time, or is there just a shit ton of people right now because they keep adding people it's or tough. people left? It's tough because this season they brought in ten new people at once to really shake up the villa. And I've, you know, I've mentioned, uh, mentioned Casa de Amor. How many people start on it? 10. 10 start. So they had 20 at one point. At one point, but now it's back down to 10 because only the fit can survive Casa de Amor. And so we're back down to 10. And, and here's what's brought us to now two new girls this week joining the villa after we've trimmed it back down to 10. And only 10 sur- can survive. So that meant two people were going home tonight at 9 p.m., Kyle. Only Pacific Coast survive. Like, there's ten people at the end of the show, or just as of this deadline. You know, Tana, I have to ask you that because I honestly don't know how the show ends. I just love it. Uh, <laughs> who ends up winning? So, uh, it'll break it. I don't think there's what? a winner. I don't know no, who so wins. Bre- they break it down when you get to the last week. You break it down to like the final five couples, and then they do an America vote for the final three, and then they do a dramatic fashion of like who's the winner. And then you can either choose love or money. And if you take all the money, you're not. Oh, I love that. Or you can split the money and stay in a couple. And it's savage. Okay. That is savage. That's the episode I'll watch. Because I want to see the reactions. (laughs) Okay. So we can chalk Tyler and Kyle in for the final episode. But Tana, (laughs) things have been happening in the meantime. What about the fact that it seems like this Julia, you know, one of the new girls, does she like fantasy stuff? What was that little portion? Did you catch that? No, please she's elaborate. Well, she seems to be into like Harry Potter, like like more of the fantasy realm, and it doesn't fit the style of the villa. But more importantly, what I wanted to ask about more than Julia's fantasy stuff is Johnny's extracurricular. Like he went so over the oh. top to ask Sully to be his girlfriend. It was twenty minutes of cringe, and oh, it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I have a little vendetta against Johnny because my girlfriend thinks, seems to think he's so attractive. Um, the dude's got a the dude's got a twelve pack, so yeah, I'll give him that. He's Johnny, he's a hunk, Johnny boy. But I will say, Johnny, way over the top when asking Sally to be his girlfriend. What'd you think? He went on full tux suits, all I, this stuff. I don't know where I got lost in the show because I swear to God, the episode before when they did the challenge, they hated each other. That he fucked up and didn't explain it all. And Sully was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle this relationship. And then the recoupling, she says the nicest shit to him. Unbelievable. I, looked, I, I couldn't believe I that. I like it was a game winner. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Well, and she held her hand up like Dame Lillard waving goodbye to Russ. And I was like, <laughs> wait, this guy just like, made so out bad. with another girl. And you're just over here dangling like you guys are power couple. And then, not to mention, what do you think was going through Caleb's mind now that he's watched Johnny and Selly become boyfriend-girlfriend? Him and Justine are the other power couple that have been together since the beginning. I mean, I, you think he I was in nightmare scenario because that's his best friend, but now he's, no. he's like, oh shit, I'm on the clock. I, this may be a hot take. I do not care what happens with Selly and Johnny. 
they will not end up. The moment oh, he shit. gets out of the real world, that is gone. a hot Caleb ass take. For the win, Caleb Justine. If they don't win, something's wrong with America. I mean, we already know something's wrong with America, but something else <laughs> is wrong with America. And so, like, I've got to agree with you in the sense that it seems like the people I've talked to that watch the show, which is everyone except Kyle, Tyler, and Tom, apparently, um, <laughs> they agree that Caleb and Justine seem to really be the America's favorite couple, despite the show trying so hard to make John, Johnny and Sally kind of the power I couple. I think the only reason they wouldn't win is because they're so normal. <laughs> right, and that's the thing, though. Do you think he's feeling the pressure to ask Justine to be his official girlfriend now? No. You don't? No. Okay, and and quickly, just from let's let's both give our takes on the hottest guy in the villa because I think it's inappropriate Ooh. for me to comment on the women, the the hottest guy in the villa, and then all backwards. Who do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Who do I think? Well, mm-hmm. you know, ah, uh, man, it's it's probably got to be Johnny. Unfortunately, I've got to agree with my You're, girlfriend on this yeah, one. Yeah, that's a good pick. A good pick. I think the hottest guy left. It was Jalen. And I think the current hottest guy is Bennett. Wow. Okay. So you're, we're bringing it to Bennett. Okay. Quickly, hottest female. Go. Oh, uh, Moira. I'm a Moira fan too. All I right. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Uh, Thanks, Anna. <laughs> no, no, no. Not from the whole segment, oh. Tyler. Don't get her off hey, that Tyler, quickly. Watch yourself. Yeah. We've got we've got two <laughs> topics left. I promise. We'll cut it short okay. here. Uh, first, Bennett comes in and makes a statement. As a newbie, that's tough to do. What do you think about Bennett's performance? I don't think he made a huge statement. Really? The girls love him. What did he do? He went after like a single girl. He says he dated Salma Ray, who apparently is really famous. And I looked her up on I Instagram of no over idea. 2 million exactly. followers. Yeah, over 2 million. No a model, apparently. And this guy is an executive assistant. Respect to that job. Nothing against that. Just like, how are <laughs> him and Salma Ray just meeting up on the reg? He would have been like, if I were her, if I were Kirsten, he was like, yeah, my ex-girlfriend, Salma Ray. I would have been like, Oh, we're giving names to, so like, my ex-boyfriend. Was, right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, power moves. Okay, last thing, and I said there was only two topics left. Lie, there's two more. Uh, Connor elimination, that hurt. I mean, not just because he's my namesake, but the, the nicest guy in the villa. Oh, my God. He's he so boring. So he's so boring. boring. He is so boring. I agree the completely. he ended up with Mackenzie, like, he ended up FaceTiming Mackenzie. I'm Opposites like, attract. pull your balls back out of from the side <laughs> of you and walk away. Opposites attract, dude. And then that phone call scene at the end where he's <laughs> calling Mackenzie like, hey, I just got voted off the game show I tried to win. Don't pretend like you won shit. I mean, if you're Carter going. If she... uses the word daddy again, I will end myself. <laughs> I know, especially because he's going back to the girl that picked another guy over him. We'll move on. Um, <laughs> lastly, Moira, kind of jealous and annoying despite the fact that we both think she's really attractive. I yeah. mean, she keeps switching guy to guy, and now she's back on uh, Calvin just, just because of a little competition. Are we getting a little bit of, like, eh, vibes from Moira now? See, I'm going to stop you there and change topics if I'm allowed because I can't believe you haven't brought up caring dick he sucks i hate that guy and i can't believe everyone's obsessed with him so the reason i haven't brought up caring dick is because loki and the caring dick fan club uh not because i appreciate him as a person because i can't believe he's still in and i just want to see how far he goes the dude just keeps switching woman to woman that being said what he did to laurel this week was just downright dirty to switch to lakeland after you know literally (laughs) two hours when Laurel's been nothing but the Southern Belle sweetheart, I mean, it's it's game My, show treason. 
That's what I'll say. He, he might suck, but he has provided us with the best. That's lines. why I'm a Karen Dick fan club. No, no, no. He said, <laughs> he's talking about Lake and he goes, she just has a unique look to her. I'm like, boy, you really don't know what that means because your girl looks identical to her. I know. That's what I was thinking too. It's like, I mean, outside of plastic here, plastic there, they look pretty much the same. It's like she's blonde and small. Oh, she's so unique. <laughs> right. I guess someone's got a type. It's quirky. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Tana, the boys are giving me looks now, so I think we got to wrap up this segment. But thank you for calling in for this week's Love Island update. We'll be sure to call you back next week. I can't wait to go over the latest drama in the villa. I cannot wait. This was a highlight of my week, so I'm excited to talk again. All right, you two. Bye, guys. Carrington sucks. Bye, Tana. <laughs> See you, Tana. And now joining us live over the phone, the assistant coach of your Peninsula College Pirates, it's Matthew Mayberg, a proud, proud Gonzaga alumni, as we've noted before. Obviously known one Kyle George for quite a while now, known the rest of us for a little bit of time here. Mayberg? Uh, specifically about five minutes. Well, you five minutes, yes. Tyler. Me and Mayberg go way back about... Three, four years. I mean, he, he did host me over spring break trip okay. right. 2015. Right. You're tight. So You're real tight. We are real tight. Okay. Mayberg, how's it going? Oh, it's going great, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And and so, Mayberg, just so you know, we're not just bringing in he, you in here to bombard you with questions. We like to get our guests a little warmed up, a little stretched out. You being a basketball coach, a college basketball coach, nonetheless, should know this better than anyone, how important that pregame routine, those layup lines are. Huge. So we want to run you through that here. Before we dive into Absolutely. all things Matthew Mayberg, what you do for a living, kind of who you are as a person, why we love you so much, we want to give you a chance to show your creativity. Creative it? No, that's not right. Creative side. Yes, there, <laughs> there we go. Creativity you know would have worked. That's but, yeah. yeah, I was mixing up the two. <laughs> Big words. We know you're a sports fan. And so I'm hoping you've seen the Rory McElroy comment surfacing Twitter and Instagram over the past day or so. Obviously, he played this week in the, I think it was Pain Pain, Pain Valley or something. Pain Valley Classic. Yeah, Thank you, Tyler. Wow, Tyler. Tyler, the golf expert. <laughs> uh, Tiger Woods opens his new course and hosts Rory McElroy himself obviously justin thomas and justin rose in a 2v2 format and rory mcelroy the important the most important quote to come out of this competition was he notes him and his wife are on a huge dominoes kick right now he says it's the go-to place if you don't know the local town's best pizza spot and so mayberg i want you to keep that in mind while i start here with kyle you know he's kind of our food connoisseur when it comes to Hot takes. Let's just say that. Hot, <laughs> hot takes. <Yep>. Um, <laughs> and I'm not talking food temperature. Kyle, what's the best oh, yeah. pizza spot, in your opinion, when you're in desperate need of a slice? So just to clarify, we're talking like the non-local places. Well, you tell me. Well, okay. Um, your go-to. The bro. question's up there. Okay, okay. Um, I am going to go with Bellagio's Pizza. Yeah. Big Bellagio's guy. guy. Um, there's one beneath my apartment currently. Um, what do you I, do if I you're see, in Florida? Are they I, there? Yeah, they are. They're, they're a chain, bro. They're oh, everywhere. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, I, I feel like they're, they're just a nice quality pizza. You know, they don't overdo anything. It's 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 delicious every time. Consistent. Consistency is key. Consistency is big time. Yep. I feel like Kyle's got a little home floor favoritism, though, because like he mentioned, it is literally 
six floors below him in his apartment complex. So not a lot of variety there, Tyler. Yes. I'm hoping you have something a little different. I know. Choo-choo. Yeah, you know where I'm going, baby. And it is Pizza Caboose, Mayberg. I am so – I'm guessing you haven't experienced He's the never Caboose. Had it. It's oh. one It's one story. There's no way he has. <laughs> Mayberg's only... had a lot of pizza, but not the Caboose, unfortunately. You have... See, this is – I don't know if this was just planning on Kyle's part, but I am – I would consider myself – you know, a real pizza expert. Okay. Oh, well, sure. well, 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 let's um, get to you there, I've buddy. Got, I've got some thoughts on the matter for sure. Uh, okay. Let's, well, let's I'm going to keep go... the, the, the listeners guessing. Okay. I love it. I love it. But for me personally, I'm going for a local spot that I've been to my whole entire life. The boys know it. Whenever I have a large gathering at the house, I'm usually ordering a ton of pizza from Pizza Caboose. Pizza Caboose off 99W and Tigered. All the local homies know it. Go check out the Caboose, baby. It's It's... It's really nothing special, to be honest with you. It's really not. <laughs> but um, they serve these spikes that are just to die for. It's this fried potato, pretty much. It's a larger fry that is just Also killer. known as a French fry. They basically yes. are French fries. But they're spikes because they're like a spike in the because railroad. It's train because it's themed. train-themed. <laughs> so, caboose, baby. And it's... If you're drunk, it's fire. <laughs> but, okay, what pizza isn't fire when you're hammered? Yeah, that's a great point. Okay, really it's point. melted cheese and bread. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mayberg, you not only call the sets, but apparently place the calls when it comes to the pizza order. Where are you going? Well, I think overall, I think that there's there's a handful of different places that are pretty good. I think I, I, I'm not going to disagree with Royer. In fact, I'm going to jump on the wagon in the sense that if you're going for consistency, if you're looking, if you're in a don't pinch in a different in a different town, I think a Domino's pan pizza. Oh is my god, that's a terrible take. Undefeated. It's pretty hot. No, take. Don't call yourself I, a pizza guy. It's a pretty hot take. I know. Well, hear me out. I think that I think that there's better. I think that you can definitely go around and find the kind of the diamond in the roughs. Okay. Even some better chains, like like I, Pizza I Hut. Better chains, but. but uh, but it's you, you don't get the consistency pizza so tell me you know, tell me maybe you know what you, i don't I, you know i'm very i'm, I'm not a i'm not a pizza hut guy I think <laughs> you know what you're gonna get that's weird it's, i'm not a pirate guy oh well hey this thanks for having me it's been a great <laughs> <time>. <laughs> so what i want to ask you mayberg is where do i find the stuffed crust on domino's menu because i haven't found it yet <laughs> i haven't found it yet i mean are we really talking pizza? Are we really pizza guys? Or we just want some mozzarella? You're calling out my level Don't of stuff pizza that crust. because I want more cheese, one of the main ingredients on the freaking dish? Unbelievable. Well, it's apparent well, that you're going for the value option, and I don't hate that. It's just not the right answer. The obvious answer here, Pizza Hut, stuffed crust, no one does it better. And then if you're feeling really saucy, you get the little... Stuffed crust popper bites. I mean, they give you two uh, dishes in one. You're going to tell me those are better than the Domino's stuffed cheese jalapeno bacon bites? Oh, Kyle. Well, wow. so good. Okay. <laughs> I do love those fucking stuffed cheese jalapeno bacon. It's, and, and by the lot, way, there's, there's a lot going on there. For sure. Yeah, because there's a, there's a lot going on. I know Kyle's in the Domino's guy because it's not bites, it's a freaking row of bread, dude. It's a freaking Dude, bread. Tear off into bites. Garlic cheese bread me? with jalapenos. Like no, you kidding? This guy's coming <laughs> out with Pizza Hut, and he's just mad that he yeah. has the worst pizza take on the podcast. Yeah. And so it sounds time. like we're settled yeah. that Pizza Hut reigns supreme, and moving <laughs> right along, I want to know what reigns supreme in your life, Mayberg. And here's the question for you, hypothetical. I know you're getting pretty loose, starting to break a sweat here in the layup lines, but we're almost done. Music or movies for the rest of your life? You only get one, Ooh. and the other's eliminated. Just gone. And, and so... Oh. I know this seems obvious off the bat, 
you know, people like movies. Uh, I like movies. What's your What's your take here? You know, I the the thought of not listening to music is is is, is daunting at first. But I'm I'm going to pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with with my gut right out of the gate, and I think it's got to be movies for the rest of the life. There's there's so there's so many things. There's so many classics. Like right. I can watch. I can, there's there's five or six movies I could watch back to back to back to back and never get tired of it. Yep. I could listen to a song five or six times and I'll be like, okay, like I'm a little I'm a little worn out, even if it's a great song. That does so, mean your team's warming up in a quiet gym, though. Oh, we could throw Remember the Titans on the big screen. Ooh, See, well said. Yeah, well good, said. Good boy. Ain't no Valley High. <laughs> really good boy. Or ain't no I Mountain mean, High. Goddamn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll fix that in editing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a po- that. post-podcast cut. Uh, Tyler, going over to you here. Music or movies? I, it's, it's a little obvious for me. I'm going movies. And podcast, uh, podcast count and music. I'll say it. Oh, okay. no, well, that is that is a little bit tougher. Okay, I'm, I'll so come. I'll circle back to you, Mayberg. I'll circle back. Yeah. If we're circling back to that, then I'm going podcasts and movies for me personally because I no, don't no, want no 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 no, combo. no 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 sir. <laughs> oh, sorry, Pod- podcasts and music. Sorry, I misspoke. Two M's, you know. Was it just going to switch the quest in mid mid? Uh, That's true. You did do that. I guess you two can adapt. But I will then choose podcasts and music. That's right. You're keeping your. I'm keeping. I'm keeping okay, you're that. keeping the podcast. If podcasts music. are involved for sure. If not, I can get rid of music. I don't. mean Whatever. Wow. Can yeah. get rid of music. Uh, slap in the face to all musical artists out there. If you have <laughs> any issues, it's at Tyler Bagginstoss on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Kyle, want to go over to you here? Um, you're about your beats, but you're also the movie quote king. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited I love to both see how a lot. This goes. I love both a lot, but I think at the end of the day. For the rest of my life, I'm probably getting rid of movies and keeping the music and podcasts. Yeah. Because, first of all, you said movies. You didn't say TV shows, which means That's I true. still have stuff to watch. So it's not like I that can't watch TV or anything like that. I can still watch something, but I won't spend as much time watching movies, and I can use that time productively elsewhere. Like and it's Call forcing me to do so because I would never make that choice to actually do so. But this is making a health decision in a way. It is. So I'm, I'm looking out for the rest of my life, Connor. I'm trying to live my best life, you know? <laughs> Plane trips would be a, a, little, a nightmare. A little, a little look behind the curtain of me and Kyle's friendship. I, that was the point I wanted to circle back to. Oh, well, absolutely. If if we didn't have, if Kyle and I didn't have stepbrother and Family Guy quotes, that's about eighty-seven percent of our texting interactions. <laughs> that's actually pretty so, accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the other, th- the other thirteen percent is Kyle just yelling at me about the Blazers. The <laughs> right. <laughs> that's actually Save those right. takes. Save those takes. We'll get there. Terrible. Oh, ever, Nothing you said was wrong. The listeners will get a piece of that. Um, I'm, I'm aware. I just want to add that in. No, I'm, I'm pretty confident that without uh, Seth MacFarlane, Kyle would lose about 60% of his friends because it seems like Family Guy was a big part of his adolescence here. And, uh, Life would have no purpose. <laughs> <laughs> no, just messing with you. Okay. That concludes our layup lines. Let's get into a little bit about all that creates Matt Mayberg. Kyle, obviously we got to go to you. We just talked about you and Mayberg go way back, so it would only be right to give you the first shot at him. I meant question. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, what, what would you want to ask Mayberg first? Um, Mayberg, we'll go back to the college days. Obviously, we lived together our junior, senior year, lived next well, to each other. Well, that's not obvious. Fill us in. Oh, sorry. Well, well, Mayberg and I go way back. 616 Nora. 
Did uh, I nail it? No, 808. It was Damn close. It. Nice try. Shoots, uh, bro. and I <laughs> lived next to each other in the dorms two years in a row and then decided to move in with a couple other guys into a house for upper class or when we were upperclassmen. Mayberg, I'm going to start. <laughs> oh, <laughs> whoa, that was a bad <laughs> play. That was a bad one. <laughs> uh, Mayberg, hey, I'm not used to the whole introducing and asking questions, Connor. That's I'm your sorry. job, but you're dishing it out to me today. Uh, Mayberg, <laughs> going to start with college. Um, fill us in on your on your major and how hilarious it is, and fill everyone mm-hmm. who that doesn't know anything about you, what your major was. Shots yeah. taken. So, yeah, no, it was. A, it's a pretty fun major for everybody involved. I was I was a sports management major um uh in a business minor so the 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 running joke with that was all of my i was probably one of three to five kids in our 20 to 25 person class that wasn't a division one athlete oh so so i we were doing we were doing a lot of the lot of the heavy lifting in these projects and the funny thing is is it it would be sports marketing sports different sports business classes all the same ones you would take in the business classes that like I had to do for my minor. The thing is you just wouldn't do, it'd be a little less in depth. And at the end of every, uh, at the end of every like class for the sports management classes, it would just be, okay, how does this apply to your sports team? <laughs> right. And, let me, let me tell right. you living with a sports major and we just called it the sports major. Yeah, uh, it's a sports very, major. very frustrating when you come home and you have a lot of homework to do. And the guy that's sports management major doesn't have anything to do, but be able to play Tiger <laughs> yeah. Woods. Um, two page paper to write man i don't know what to do <laughs> I, I hear kyle's yeah. getting ahead of the questions and uh wanting to get to the reason you're the best at tiger woods in the house in your college house Whoa. at least <laughs> well yeah i mean now that every, now that it's out in the open and we can talk about it yeah, I, I wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna bring it up but <laughs> i i pray to god ben pock's not listening did i nail that oh, yeah. yeah you did ben i ben did Pock, nail yeah. that fuck yeah Connor, I nailed you that. know so well ben, i do anyway i'm, I'm with gonzaga Ben and Mike, Ben and Mike would be pretty upset. I know. Oh, of course! Shout out probably. Mike. I already knew Mike yeah. was are absolutely yeah. grinding on the sticks. Mayberg, um, yeah. I, I need to know though. In those classes, were you ever asked to actually do an athlete's homework? Just you don't have to name anyone. You no. don't have to be specific. <laughs> but were you asked to do um, homework? Asked by a professor or by the athlete? Because... <laughs> well, I mean, I think either <laughs> suffices. <laughs> I hope not a professor. If it was a professor. Well, I mean, that's a real I mean, gene. That's a shout out, Gonzaga. It. No, I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't. Well, but let's just call a spade a spade. And this is anybody that's ever been in a class with a Division One athlete. That's essentially what group work is. I mean, right. let's let's and it's just saying because it's like okay, let's meet up for this group project on Wednesday. Well, you know, we're at uh, we're at St. Mary's on Wednesday you know for a game that doesn't work for me well like well how about sun how about sunday morning well no sorry we're we're just finishing up the road trip at uh usf so i mean it's uh, trust me i as being around college basketball i get it but at the same time you know it's uh there there is usually some leniency that here if someone if someone's in it yeah but it also gives you a pretty good grade leniency it may not be (laughs) okay fair enough you turn the curve is not high the uh, the rubric gets a little more forgiving. Participation never seems to be a part of those classes uh, rubric, no. like you said. It, you know, I can no. I can verify that in D three. Unfortunately, it's not the same case. You do have to do your projects because they take attendance in class, so um, that's that's a little bit tougher. But uh, there's also a reason we weren't given money to play there. Um, let's move <laughs> right along, though. Here, uh, 
Kyle, I, I think you were going to ask a little bit further. Yeah, I can keep going. So, Mayberg, uh, we alluded to it earlier. So, you are the assistant coach at Peninsula College, the Peninsula P- College Pirates. Arr. Um Just yeah. an, an electric team, let me tell you. I've seen them play. They're, they're must-watch. Well. They're must-watch. 1-0 in our attendance. My That's, attendance. Yeah. So, Mayberg, uh, first of all, what is the what is like the biggest surprise that is that I guess that has happened to you as the assistant coach? Like, what is something that has happened that you didn't expect was going to be a part of the job? Oh, that's a great question. Um, it's an interview, so, baby. Yeah, I know. I know. Wow. I've got to put on my, you know, I just got to say that's real good by Kyle. Give my, give my real answer. Um, We're digging in. I think, I think all of the, there's, so I think there's a lot of things that go into being a college basketball coach that, I, most people don't think about, like, for example, um, I'm like a liaison with our, uh, with the dorms and the student and the student housing. So being on the phone for about, just because it's probably more topical for five, six, seven hours, the last two days as our guys move in this weekend, making sure the houses, everybody, yeah, logistics of stuff. So, um, again, I'm the... I'm the only full-time assistant on our staff. So there's um, a lot, anything in, there's a lot, there's a lot of kind of odd jobs like that. So I kind of got used to that. I was a graduate assistant at Seattle U for two years before that. So I kind of had an idea of what that thing, what those things are. But as you kind of build, you know, want to build a culture and do things improve from year to year, like, you, the, there are these weird, odd jobs that kind of pop up and that you just someone's got to get done. So, you know, being kind of being able to pivot or um, recruit like going on weird recruiting trips is also kind of the weird thing I wasn't really expecting to that was- do as either as much or as frequently as we did last year before COVID. That was kind of one of the other things you just alluded to in recruiting that we kind of wanted to get in to a little bit of detail about is, so what is the extent of college basketball recruiting? Are you having to travel to a bunch of these AAU tournaments and watch these guys play and then talk to the players afterwards? Is it a lot of phone calls now with COVID? Like what's that process like? And it, would you say it's one of the more enjoyable parts of the job or one of the more, I guess, just like kind of, I have to do this because it's my job, but it's not necessarily my favorite part. Um, again, great questions. Um, I think the, so in, in normal life, it's going to a bunch of, uh, it's going, it's exactly what you said in the kind of the first part of the question It's going to these big AAU events. There are, you know, finding two, the two, 300 first. teams. Yeah. And watching them play and then reaching out to coaches and the pl- talking to players afterwards and connecting with them, kind of staying in touch throughout the year. And things like that, going to high school games uh, as as well. But COVID, COVID was so different. The biggest thing that we used for COVID, or at least I used for COVID during COVID, was really Twitter. Like you would just kind of hear, really see, yeah, kids would announce, "Hey, I'm looking to train." Like we have four, I believe we have four transfers uh-huh. from this year, and they were almost all of them were connected all but one i believe were connected through twitter to to some extent so um i i'm i'm a big proponent and some you know i maybe i just have no shame but i (laughs) i'm 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 not above sliding into the dms and just saying (laughs) hey what are you what are you doing next year are you trying to trying to come play yeah so anything to get attention right yeah 
for sure. I mean, and it's a lot of it. The other part of it is um, it's building relationships, which is cool. Like, I think there's some people that look at it as kind of sleazy. But, you know, for me, like personally, I'm really excited about, you know, our culture and what we did. Right. We had a really nice season last year. We went 20 and seven before the playoffs were canceled. And I, I actually we were a four seed in a tournament of 16. So but I, I really liked our draw. Right. Um, so, I mean, we had a lot to be excited about. We still have a lot to be excited about. Um, so, but I mean, and that's, that's the part that I think is fun is kind of telling people who we are, what we do. And, you know, we, we have the building blocks to do a lot of really cool things, so, but I'm sure that, we can, we can dive into that a little more. I mean, it, it kind of sounds later. like you never have a dull day. Like nothing ever is the same, like the jobs and um, responsibilities for yourself are always changing depending on the year and what um, what the team needs. So, do you enjoy that, or do you look for more of a like a scheduled um, trying to build like a yeah, consistent schedule a consistent, kind of? Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely. I when um, when when we're in season and it, it gets a little more regulated. For so sure, I do sure. all of the I do all of the scouting and um, kind of film breakdown and prep for so, opposing teams. Yes, for yeah, for yeah. So scouts, um, our own film breakdown and kind of analysis and things like that. So when we're in season, it's very much it's almost like clockwork. Wake yeah, up at yeah, this yeah. time. We have weights and shooting. I'll do all the film. Yep. I'll do all. I'll get a scout ready. We'll go through the scout before practice. Practice. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And so, so it's a little more regulated in season. Out of all season, right. we're it's a little more. You know we're dealing with housing or trying to get guys mm-hmm. in or try to move guys on. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a little more no, hectic that's, for that's me. Interesting, but, man. It's, it's a lot of yeah. different aspects to the game. And I, uh, your position is valued, man. I mean, like it's a lot of hard work. You, yeah. So. Well, and along with the hard work, I have a, I have a qu- a couple quick, uh, fun questions for you. First of all, we're talking recruiting. Do you have to do you have to pay for your own travel to recruit people or does the school hook you up are you traveling by bus no. like what's the recruiting do you have to throw in a like waiver like hey I'm going here to scout x amount of people or like what's that look like cuz obviously none of us are college coaches yeah. so we have no clue well, We no that's uh we have a we have like a recruiting budget okay. so in, out of our budget we have a set amount of money so So you're like, talking I, with the co or yeah. like your head coach along with the maybe like athletic yeah. director whoever may be involved to be like this is worth traveling to to see the crop of talent coming through right X for AB, sure or you know whatever tournament yeah yeah definitely yeah so like we last year our two big ones when life was normal is i went to uh, our head coach sent me to this big tournament in la mm-hmm. um the kind of or the anaheim sports complex and there's one other one down there at the same time. Um, and then we both went to uh, there's a Big West tournament in um, uh, in Las Vegas. So we those were kind of our two big ones. Right. I, I, there's a there's a handful of tournaments at Bellevue College, which is just an hour and a half or about two hours down the road from us, and right in my neck of the woods where and, my where I grew up. So. And so when you're approaching those players after the games, what kind of illegal benefits can you offer? <laughs> no, I, th- well, I thought I'd catch you slipping edit- real quick. We're, we're editing this, right? <laughs> no. This right. We're, no right. we'll cut this one, dude. Uh, no, a great education and 
phenomenal yeah, basketball. We already, we already painted the picture where it sounds like I hate student athletes. And, and <laughs> 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 oh, totally. Maybrick hates people. <laughs> right. No, naturally. Yeah, these are, that's why these they would be. That's why they yeah, went twenty and be, seven. Right. No. Um. No. What? But what? I mean, it's cool. We can offer partial scholarships and. Oh, absolutely. Is a big thing for us. So yeah, I mean, we, we, it's it's junior college is relatively cheap compared to yeah for sure you know other four years but yeah well and such a viable option for a ton of players I mean like like Kyle and I said we saw you play last year and it's hard to notice the difference between any of the levels when you reach the collegiate you know athlete kind of level it's it's a lot of good basketball being played you would Mm -hmm. you would assume you're watching the highest level at any kind of age limit I I don't know I I feel like Mayberg the next thing I wanted to ask you was uh, second hand, of course, never from Peninsula College. We know how you guys are morally and ethically. You never test the boundaries. But have any of your fellow coaches or colleagues relinquished any anonymous stories to you about some of their tales from recruiting the season, something memorable from maybe your your experiences as a college coach? I know you also helped out with Seattle. You as a graduate assistant, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're you're asking in terms of like just any, just any... just the wildest kind of collegiate collegiate coaching Ooh. story you've heard, obviously anonymously. Hmm. Um. Let me. That's a good question. I think I've I've so a couple things that uh, kind of as a grad assistant when I was in Seattle, you you walk around. And, you know, you, you set up your, a lot of what you do is like set up and just the jobs that nobody else wants to do. So you would let others, we, I would let other schools into the gym before shoot around like the day before. (laughs) And you're kind of like setting up the camera and making sure everything's good, but kind of keeping an eye out to make sure because there's a handful of coaches. They're like a staff that, uh, again, I won't name names that there's head coach kind of has a. A reputation. a reputation for right. for poking his head into the other team's offices. Yeah. Oh, but interesting. I've, I've definitely, I've definitely heard while while I'm walking around the gym and kind of setting things up. I've definitely heard some coaches absolutely motherfuck their team, just like <laughs> oh, yeah. cuss them out. So, so those are, I think those are always the fun, the funny stories, right. and then like. Yeah. You just be kind of minding your business, and you'll just hear some coach just absolutely chewing his guys out. And you got to feel good of, going into that game. Yourself. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. The <laughs> one in particular, I'm thinking about. We won. Yeah. It was like a big conference. Game. It was Imagine over a half after that game. Yeah. 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 I was pretty, you thought it was, was bad pretty, before the game. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mayberg, I gotta. Uh, oh, sorry. Don't want to interrupt you there. No, no go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go well, ahead. I, I'm going to transition a little bit because you delivered some exciting news to me the other week. Um, in terms of an opportunity that you received to uh, perform some evaluations uh, for a very notable name in the NBA, uh, one Ja Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, essentially what you've been asked to do uh, to help out with him? And have you started doing that? Or is that something that's kind of happening in a couple of months? Yeah, well, so a friend of a friend, somebody that I knew um, uh, from while I was uh, at Seattle, you kind of reached out to me and it's what he was doing is um, like they're sending, they put in an application, pretty much an application. They're trying out to be um, John Morant's uh, like off season trainer. So again, there's, I'm not, I'm Woo! not 
locked in for sure. I mean, it's not a guaranteed thing. So I, that's I, freaking I'm nuts. still knocking on wood, but it, one way I looked at it and I was pretty excited about it one way or the other, because if that does happen, that would be sick. But, um, well, it was just good practice to kind of look at somebody's game at that level and kind of what I did was look, I broke down all the different types of shots that he took throughout the year. Um, what he did well, kind of some areas, um, that, you know, as you're kind of a trying to avoid a sophomore slump. So continue to work on what you do, uh, versus how you grow your game and take it to the next step. Yep. Um, kind of look at the different shots. Like, so he's unbelievable shooting the floater, like right. damn yeah. near 50%, damn getting near, damn near. Yeah. Well, it, that's the thing. It's almost not even getting to the rim. It's that one dribble before the right. rim. That's really difficult shot. Six to but eight for feet. him, he is in, yeah, as an elite, elite floater. Honestly, that's whereas impressive it's too, almost Dame struggled with that early in his career, right. the floater shot. Well, it's right. tough. It's, it a tougher, like. it's a tougher shot, and he's For actually sure. almost better shooting that floater right now than he is finishing through contact, finishing over length. So that's kind of the d- double-edged sword of finishing and things like that. But the biggest thing that as I was a- I've been able to connect with a couple guys that are in like the Chicago um, development system with like the Windy City Bulls and things that's like so that. Cool. What they really what they really look for in dynamic guards is the is the separation that you get on your shots. And like another thing I remember I was hearing Kenny Smith talk about it is it's not necessarily a make or miss league. It's more of a good shot league. Right. So like how much separation and how clear of a line of vision you get when you take your shot mm-hmm. is kind of is indicative of who got more good you know, shots per game. Right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. And that's generally, that's generally who wins the game. You know, if you do what you're supposed to, which is make open shots. Yep. So not terribly difficult, you know, not. And again, the NBA, these guys are so good. Yep. Guys like guys like Dame, Jamal Murray, these guys that are going, you know, Donovan Mitchell, these guards in particular can look like every shot they take is a good shot because it goes in. But that's kind of that's just kind of what we looked at was saying, OK, where what do you do well? And then what are some areas you're not doing great at or some areas you can improve in and how you can improve it. So that's the technical stuff. Getting on the court isn't me as much, but what I did was kind of watch the film, looked at the numbers and I could give a coach, you know, I could give the skill development guy the information or where to point, mm-hmm. where to point to him for. Gotcha. Did you know, you, so did you yeah. ever feel like during that process, you know, it being, I would, I would assume at least your first experience kind of in that realm of dissecting an NBA player's season and um, giving your background on what you saw. Was it tough to trust your own gut as a, you know, as a coach? Or is it something where you're seeing enough film and enough tape that it kind of tells a story and you're just identifying that? You know, I, I would assume if I'm being handed John Morant's tape, I'm either hesitant to either critique or I'm going to want to critique something that no one else has said. And I think that pressure would probably influence how I watch the tape, but obviously you got hired for a reason. And that's probably because you can handle external factors. Well, knock like on that. wood. Knock, <laughs> yeah. well, knock on wood. I haven't gotten it yet. So okay. let's, yeah, we're not going to okay. put it on my resume. So let's, we'll hold off on that. Hopefully. Okay. We'll hold off. Yeah, but but I, I'm, I'm assuming at but, least in your situation where you're even faced with the opportunity, is that something that goes through your mind or is it something where 
you know, you trust you've been hired by your program for a reason. You've obviously been, you know, if, if it gets to the point, like we've alluded to where you are handed the tape that you've been selected for a reason that you just kind of trust everything you've learned about the game, or is there a little bit of a different point of view when you're looking at an NBA player versus your day to day? Yeah. I mean, my thing, my, my whole thing with it is you've got to, if I've got to be confident in the sense I've watched, Right. I've watched more film. You than put the in the work. Yeah. Sure. I <laughs> yeah. put in some time. There's a reason but Peninsula hired you. Yeah. <laughs> right. But at the same time, there, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So you, if there's something that I'll probably, I'd probably be able to evaluate that better in 10 years when I've seen 10 more years of film. But, you know, you just kind of, you, I, you just give it, you, you tell people what you see, you give it your best shot and you say, this is what I'm seeing. And, like con it's so it's context is important. Like, right. I don't know what, I don't know what, uh, the Grizzlies are running or what their scout is or what they want to do in particular situations. So you just uh-huh. kind of give a broad overview and, and they take it know, with a grain of salt. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and, but that's kind of the same thing. Like I, I did a similar thing when I first got to Peninsula, there was a bunch of guys that, um, I had never coached before that I'm just trying to build these relationships with and just kind of saying, Hey, this is where I see you doing really well. Right. You know, this is what, um, you know, this is where you weren't very successful last year. And, you know, this is where we can continue to build on both the areas of improvement and, yep. you know, what you already do well. Yep. There's That's, no, right. Wow. There's no opportunity in just saying, Hey, everything's great. So you might as well uh, at least offer an opinion right. on what you've seen. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think if, if people really want to get coached and want to get better, they're receptive they're open and open to, to sure. learn how that is. Yeah. Totally. So. All right, Bergie. Well, it's about that time in the interview where we bring up the, the, the 13% you alluded to earlier of our conversation, <laughs> yeah. which is the Portland yep. Trailblazers. Um, so obviously, you know, me and you have, have talked back and forth about this for, you know, the last couple months here. Break it down for um, him, Kyle. So, so, so we're going to put you in a situation. We're going to give you your GM, your GM cap here. Yep, totally. Um, obviously, like I'm going to preface this with understanding the Blazers situation where not a lot of cap space. Um, if yep. we, basically we're, we have the dilemma of whether or not we're going to resign Hassan Whiteside and or bring back Trevor Ariza. If we don't bring either of them back, essentially all we have is like around $12 million to work with. Um, so I guess if you, if you're the GM of the Portland Trailblazers, what is your, what is your goal and what, I guess we can say, what issues are you seeing and why would you uh, make the moves that you would suggest? Cool. So as, as the GM of the Portland Trailblazers, I'm feeling pretty good about where I'm at right now because I've done all the hard things. I've got a premier guard in a market who doesn't want to leave. So I'm in a great spot based off of that. And I also have a great big man in uh, Nurkic. He is phenomenal. I love his game a lot. So, yeah, I, I think... And Does it feel like Kyle you're setting I, us we, up for we, disappointment? No, but I like that's the thing. Like it's one thing great, where but... you know Minnesota, like Minnesota's in a spot where like they, they don't quite know exactly what yeah. they have or yeah. how good they can be. I think you know exactly how good Damian Lillard is. You know that he's a superstar. Yeah, best player um, in the league. Some would say. Some <laughs> would say. I don't. <laughs> Some would say, (laughs) Um, but I I think, I think, you know, there's, you have ambition, you have ambition and rightfully so for a for a championship. 
you want to take advantage of that. And keep in mind, I love CJ McCollum. I don't want this ever getting back to him because I, I'm a big oh, CJ McCollum guy. Yep. I know. I know you guys are tight. <laughs> and he played with a really good family friend of mine at Lehigh. Fun fact, my, my all-time NCAA pick that will never be beaten is I picked Lehigh over Duke the year they won. So wow. I just want that to go on record. Wow. Um, oh, one of the years that Duke didn't win out of their six. Excuse yes. us. Well, it was the but but it was the first one. It was the first. It was that's beginning, big. the no, beginning. No, that's huge. That's where the cracks in the foundation started with CJ McCall. Yeah, all Did those he cracks. End the dynasty. I don't know. I, probably <laughs> not me. considering 2015, but uh, that was 2012. Anyway, <laughs> Blazers. This is this is why we're here. So, I I think I think the thing that makes the Lakers and the Nuggets and the Clippers so good right now is that they're so their roster is so versatile. And you kind of see that in the Boston Celtics and even the Heat right now is that they have a lot of guys that are kind of in that 6'5 to 6'8 range, a lot of length. They can switch. They can do a lot of different things. Like I saw Miami for a lot of this game that's going on right now. Um, like they benched, Bam, they had Bam resting on the bench and had Iguodala and Crowder as their four or five, and they're able to get away with that. Same thing, the Lakers were able to both go big against the Nuggets and Portland with both of their bigs, while simultaneously being able to go small against the Houston Rockets. So, I think, I think the, I think what um, if Portland wants to make the next step is to either be, get deeper or get a or get a wing superstar. And I know that that's going to mean getting rid of CJ McCollum and probably some other pieces um, you guys are all very yep. fond of, but yep. I think I think that's I think that's the kind of the recipe to success if you look around the league and who's winning games in the playoffs. Um, but I'm also I'm also very high on Gary Trent Jr. I think he is a, I think he'll be a legitimate two guard starter in this league, and I would feel more comfortable moving off of CJ for more length while being able to have Gary Trent in the fold. So, okay, so I think you guys go I, ahead. I have okay. a couple questions off that. Um, one yep. being, so say we package CJ in a deal with one of our young guys in a draft pick or whatever, are we able mm-hmm. to get enough in return to make us deep enough to have that deep roster that you're talking about? And okay, so how about what? What do you think of that first? I think I think that's uh, it depends on the it depends on the big or excuse me it depends on the length uh-huh. and who that guy is. Like I think obviously I don't think Boston's going to move off of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum anytime soon. But uh-huh. if you're talking that kind of caliber guy. Yeah, that's 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 you guys. I think you guys are right there. Um, I get and the the second part of that too is I think you guys are really at your best when Nurkic is a score, when Nurkic is a, is a good 15 to 20 points a game guy, because it really opens up, it opens up the inside out. It spreads the floor even more. Uh-huh. You can't just lay out. You can't just bring your whole defense out to the half court line on, on Damian Lillard. Yeah. So even if it, I, I'm not the biggest post-up guy when it comes to analytics, but I really do like, Nurkic in the post. Yeah, I think uh-huh. he's. I think he's a better scorer than even than most people think, and even some Blazer fans. Yeah, you know, 
And then, so with Neil O'Shea, in 2016, he made a couple of horrible signings and paid a couple people too much money. Um, I think he went for that deep roster type of style team in 2016 Mm -hmm. with getting those wing players. We we got Mo Harkless, Aminu, Evan Turner, three wings who are like replaceable or like play the same type of position. Um, Right. Do you think that we went too early and are like wasting Dame's prime? Like, can we make a move like that? Or do we just have to go for that all-star now where Dame's 30, right? About to be, yeah. About to be. And um, oh, yeah, he is, is yeah. it too late in Dame's career to wait for a deeper roster or, or do we have time or do we have to just go for a superstar? Well, well don't hang your head about that. You guys ran into the Warriors and they were, they were pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially when they got Kevin Durant, they were, they were pretty good. Um, yeah, that's a good question, but you know, I, I think I think the time. I, why not now? Like, I mean, obviously the yeah, Lakers we've been saying and that Anthony Davis, agreed. right? Yeah, I mean, what's what do you what do you wait? Like, what are the odds Portland yeah. gets someone like Dame again in any position? No. Absolutely, no. And I, I'm I'm with you 100, percent and I don't. I, I think I think he's going to be a lifer close to it. Uh-huh. Um, so. I mean, that's it's the pro- it's tough with you know we're out here in the Pacific Northwest, yep. and it's, it's tough to get guys out here. And I, I listen to your guys' podcast, and I know that it's it's not easy to get those free agents. But um, that's the thing is the lug- if you're serious about it, and I think if I you know if I was the GM, I'd say look, you know this is this is a once in a lifetime guy in Damian Lillard. Yes, like let's spend we got to spend the money, we got to make it happen. Yep, yep. And I, so, I, I, I mean, I agree completely, and I think we I all do, do too. I mean, we, yeah. we all. I don't. It's, it's very rare you get a talent like Damian Lillard. No one ever wants to waste it, obviously. But we right. just get anxious waiting around and like always feeling like we never have enough around him. Well, and it's like it's like you outlined Mayberg. It's so tough in terms of being a mid to smaller market to get anything mm-hmm. outside of what you trade for or draft. That it's like right. if, if there's any openings with Damian Lillard. Despite what we have to sacrifice, you might as well take it because in the end, once he's done, we're just going to be at the bottom again, starting over and hoping for another one of him. So why not try to put anything you can around him? Obviously, CJ and Nurk are great pieces, but even, you know, even whoever we need to do to try to make one more run, I'm, I'm with you. Right. Mayberg. No, I, and, go ahead. Yeah. I got, I got one, one more question because we know you're on a time crunch. You're a busy man here. Uh, one more question before we let back you to go, and it, it relates back to <laughs> one of the one of the better stories of the NBA this last season. As you know, uh, Carmelo Anthony signed with the Portland Trailblazers and kind of redeemed himself a little bit. If you're Neil O'Shea, are you bringing back Slim Mello to Portland next year? <laughs> bring him back. Uh, I would bring him back. Yes, I yeah. yes. I would, I would I, now if he's at, if he's asking to be too much money. If he's or... asking for forty two minutes a game and. You know, fifteen then to twenty over. million dollars. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know about all that. I don't, I don't know. If you, I, I'm sure you guys watched how he played defense in the bubble, and that's you need to show me show me you can move those feet a little bit quicker. But um, no, I, I I liked what he I liked the energy he brought a lot. You know, a veteran guy, and you know he he can still score the hell out of the basketball. I just I think he's a really good piece, and I think he's that's a that's a. It seems like he really likes Portland and really likes the culture, but and I think he's an asset for getting other guys in the door too. So yeah, I don't. There's no reason not to keep him unless unless he's the like six man, 
six man, you know, and like right. he does that stuff again. Yeah. yeah. And then I guess one so, more question. Do you think a uh, wing rotation of Rodney Hood, Mello, and Trevor Ariza is a winning trio? No. Aye. Not even a little bit. Not even, not a, little even a little bit. Not even close. I, I have to agree with him, unfortunately. Well, I have to no. disagree with both of no, you. I, have to I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think you're stopping Paul George. I don't think you're stopping Oh, oh, Paul you know what will stop Paul George? The postseason. You know what will stop Paul George yeah. to step back in well, his face. You know what will stop true. Paul George? Pressure. You know what will stop Paul George? Shit talking from <laughs> Damian Lillard, apparently. That's fine. Fair enough. Uh, I'll give you that one. But you're Playoff still not stopping Kawhi or LeBron James. Yeah, that, well, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, but I don't know who we can get to do that either. So, can anyone? Get to <laughs> no, I'm messing with you. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, yeah, no, I, I think there's a couple guys. I like Jeremy. I would like Jeremy Grant. Say, in the yes, form yeah. a lot. Obviously, after one. last night, that's easy to say. But I think even before right. he signed well, with Denver, attest, I'm with I've you. Been saying that for weeks. Yeah. Yes, and even before he signed with Denver last year, I was like, "Why is he so cheap? He's such a good player." And then I now know. he's showing it. It's, yeah, Mayberg did say right. that like a month ago when we were texting. He's like, "Jeremy Grant would be perfect." That's why he yeah. gets paid to coach basketball, and we just talk about it in our free time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mayberg. Uh, I'm I'm glad my mom is proud that I can get on a podcast with some buddies and say, <laughs> say some things yeah. that they like. That's exactly. worth the thousands of dollars for the exactly. sports degree and the masters. Just and make, it, now it's full circle. Just make sure you're, <laughs> <laughs> just make sure your employer now, doesn't hear it. But outside of that, you know, it's been fantastic. No, uh, thanks for joining Mayberg. We've yeah, obviously loved yeah. talking to you. We absolutely loved and are fascinated by all things to do with your job and being an assistant coach for at the collegiate level way further than any of us have made it in the sports realm so it's always fun to oh. hear someone who's accomplished kind of that leap to the next level and we look forward to seeing all the new sets introduced by the peninsula college pirates this season as i know you are an offensive guru <laughs> yes, with is. a stroke like silk yourself from outside so i'm right. expecting a lot of well, three balls expecting a lot of three yeah, balls well I I don't think we'll disappoint. We we get up into we're having our own little bubble, which let's go teams oh, in nice. our league are doing. How many people um, are invited, and can we make the cut? Uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, <laughs> you got to You bet. You better. I don't know. I don't know. I got a date of players. Would, what you're saying? I got a date of player to get well, in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we start winning enough, maybe. <laughs> okay. But, okay. Um, but no, I, I'm. I, we're we're really excited. For sure, we, I, I love our roster this year. I think we really have a chance to make some noise. We have a we have a kid named Isaiah Sampson who's a Humboldt State transfer who's going to be an absolute stud if uh, if we're able to get out and Let's play. Go. So big pirate and, fans um, over here, baby. I, you know, I, I appreciate you guys having me. I, I always love a good um, another. Pirates podcast, another, another oh, group right. of we guys are on board. The official Peninsula College Pirates podcast. If there isn't one already, we'd like to claim that spot. No, I. You know what I? I, I know the I know the BB lot is in cahoots, but I'll let you guys battle it out. For it. <laughs> there we go. That's not, what we like not, to hear. I don't want to sow. I don't want to sow. You know what? I don't even want to sow division between you guys because we're all we're all rooting for the same. Guys. Yeah, we we're are. all yeah. pirates we're all on the, the same end. team, baby. We're all searching um, for the buried treasure treasure together of a title. Yes, sir. <laughs> Um, yeah, we'll we'll be we'll be playing our season late, kind of starting games in February, which is kind of unusual. But we'll we'll make sure to send you guys our streams and let's yeah, go. You guys can link link in the bio type of situation. Yeah, but um, we also, if you haven't, if Kyle hasn't shown you already, we I, I firmly stand behind. I'm not very cocky on a lot of things, but I firmly stand behind. We have the best court in 
Let's go. Let's go. If not all of college basketball. Can you send us a picture? We'll post it with the episode. We'll post it with the episode. Peninsula Pirates Court. Yep. AKA the treasure Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Yes, you did. Thank you, too, man. It was fun talking, man. Talk to you guys later. Yeah, take it easy, brother. Talk to you soon. Peace. Later, man. And with that, I think we are going to go ahead and wrap the Backyard Banter episode this week. Again, if you're trying to find us on Twitter and Instagram, it's at underscore Backyard Banter. Tell a friend if you like what you're hearing. Also, please rate, subscribe, five stars, obviously. We love you for it. All that, baby. And lastly, if you want to be on, you got some topics you're debating between your friends, let us help you settle it. Let us voice your Let opinion to the I don't masses. Think we've ever once been wrong, so I'm gonna pretty. I'm, That's what I'm, I'm pretty confident we're just gonna continue That's what I'm being right. You want to be proven right? <laughs> yeah. You come on the Backyard Banter podcast, and until next week, see who joins. But let's have some good debates. Let's do it, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, peace. 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 There's Blake to Roy. This is for the. the series. It's Lillard. He got the shot off.